0: You're listening to the college football coast-to-coast show. Here are your hosts, Jacob and Tyler. The following is a presentation of the Belly Sports Media Network. Hello, folks. Welcome back to college football coast-to-coast. It is the biggest show of the season so far right here, and I feel like we'll be saying that a lot down the stretch. Uh, but we are opening up with a huge week at the quarter mark uh, of the season or past the quarter mark of the season now Uh, and it's week four a crazy week four. a lot of ranked matchups Tyler and I are both excited for it Uh, glad to have Tyler on the show and uh, you know a lot a lot of big games coming uh, for us today so it it is a is a big big show Uh, biggest of the year so far so we are really excited to bring it to you guys uh, and hopefully we'll have some good football today and, and, and the rankings might get thrown all over the place but we're going to bring you guys the rankings now to open the show before we get into the weekend and that is our top 10. Um, you know our top 10 here is is really compiled of a lot of teams that move the football really well and, and I think Tyler, you can speak to the fact that a lot of these teams within the top 10 are high-powered offenses. You know Who can score the football early on in the season? You're playing against a bunch of non-conference teams for the most part right now at this stage. Are you able to score the football and move the football at will against these teams and really show that, hey, you belong in the top 10 right now before you get to your conference opponents and some ranked matchups? Uh, And, of course, there's a whole bunch this week to talk about. So uh really we'll open up and I'll, I'll give you the the first t- number 10 all the way through number 6 and I'll let Tyler give you the top 5. Uh number 10 is the Oregon Ducks. The Oregon Ducks come in right there at the 10 spot with their big matchup today or should, I should say later on today against uh Colorado. I'm sorry, I said the Buffaloes but it's Colorado. Um and you know, you move up just a little bit further and, and you get to to Notre Dame who sits at number nine uh, in a huge matchup with, with uh, Ohio state tonight, which would be a really, really good one. Um, I'm looking forward to that one. I think the most out of all those games is Notre Dame able to impose their will, especially at home against uh, Ohio state, who really hasn't had any competition to this point in the season. Uh, And they will, will they be able to stop uh, Notre Dame? And will Notre Dame's defense, be able to show that Ohio State's offense is vulnerable. Uh, moving up to number eight is Washington. Washington with Michael Penix, who you and I have talked about, really is the guy that we think is really the most ready for pro-level football. Um, and, and right now, so far, it, it looks like he is the most ready for pro-level football. This Washington team is balanced, a good run-pass team, um, and I look for them to stay there in the top ten a lot of the season unless something crazy happens and then moving up to seven where they haven't moved all season, uh, Penn State has kind of rode the wave right now in the top ten they stayed at number seven uh, since the, the preseason rankings and uh, really have have held on well which which means that you know the, that you know the AP thinks that they belong there uh, within the top 10. so right now for, for me with them defensively, uh, I think they can be one of the best teams in the country. They have been in the past. Offensively, will their offense be able to score enough points this season to keep them in the top ten and uh, you know active enough in order to play against you know their eventual opponents, Ohio State, and Michigan, later on the season? Uh, and of course, at six is Ohio State, uh, their division counterpart here with Ohio State. Six is kind of an interesting spot. We could see them move drastically based off of today's game and see where they go. It could be up into the top four or it could be down quite a ways with a loss to Notre Dame outside of the top 10. Uh, So Tyler, I'll let you take there from five to one. You got some really juicy teams up there in the top five.
1: Yeah, not much movement uh, from last week uh, to this week with the AP uh, top five. Uh, still, USC is holding strong at the number five spot. This is a team that hasn't really been tested yet. Uh, they're going to face Arizona State uh, later tonight, and you look at the spread, thirty-four and a half. Arizona State is a very bad football team that will probably be over by the half. Uh, so there are some bigger games. Uh, they do host Washington. Uh, they are going to face off against Colorado and Boulder. So there are some games to play with Caleb Williams and his high-powered offense. So This USC team is undefeated, but they're still yet to be tested uh, this week. Uh, So number four is Florida State. uh, Texas and Florida State uh, flip-flopped Florida State coming off of that two-point victory against Boston College on the road. Uh, It was looking like a runaway to start, and then Boston College uh, and that quarterback uh, in that offense uh, was able to score at will against the Seminoles defense. Uh, But Florida State, this feels like... Whoever wins this game against Clemson is probably going to book their ticket to the ACC championship. I think that Florida State schedule after the Clemson game really sets up nicely for them. Uh, You know, we saw the same Florida State team uh, beat LSU in week number one. Can they do it again against a Clemson team Uh, that, you know, got really left to dead uh, in week one against uh, Duke? Uh, They got manhandled by Duke. uh, But I think that this could definitely be a statement game for Clemson against Florida State. So Florida State checks in at number four. Number three is Texas. They uh, leapfrogged Florida State uh, after Florida State struggled with Boston College, but Texas also had their struggles too. Uh, it was ten to ten going into the fourth quarter against a you know a Wyoming team that we talked about in week number one, beating a really good Texas Tech team. Uh, so I think that you know Texas this week going on the road to Baylor. I think that they could definitely be on upsell alert. you know Baylor is sitting at one and two but you don't – that's a hard road trip to go to uh, in Waco. You know, Baylor, some of their recruits, you know, are going to have that mindset, uh, you know, that they weren't recruited by Texas. You know, Texas is supposed to be this, you know, this flagship school in Texas. So, I think that Baylor uh, fans and also their players will have their chip on their shoulder. Uh, So, if you're looking at an upset, uh, look for one uh, for Baylor to keep it close. I'm not saying that they're going to win, but I think that Texas – you get a plan to keep your eye out on that one. Number one and number two is not change. Uh, Michigan went through their three cupcakes. They're facing off against a Rutgers team. Uh, that The line right now is 24, but I wouldn't be surprised if Rutgers keeps it close for at least a half. Jim Harbaugh is back from his suspension. So I think that team uh, will be ready uh, for a Rutgers team that could definitely sneak up on you. And then the number one team uh, remains the same as the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, they were tested by South Carolina. South Carolina hold a 14-3 to lead at the half. But in the end, uh, South Carolina's defense wasn't able to have any answers for Carson Beck in that running attack in the second half of that game so the ap top 10 not really much changes but with statement saturday today boy it could get wild give me 2007 all over again
0: yeah it could be a wild weekend here and it's one of those where you could have three teams four teams in the top 10 not be in the top 10 you know after this this uh slate of games today so i'm really interested to see what happens um you know, moving past this, we'll get into our AP top twenty-five, our risers and fallers from last week. Um, of course, we start with with every show that we do. Our risers and fallers. We start with our fallers. Tyler, who's your faller for uh, you know, a pretty active week last week, uh, and going into this one, who you know really we don't see bouncing back quick.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go uh, back to the SEC here. I went with Alabama being my father uh, last week. Uh, you know, you could definitely do that this week uh, with their abysmal not really showing uh, out there in South Florida. But I'm going to go with the Tennessee Volunteers. They fall all the way up to 12 spots uh, from 11 to now 23 after the loss to the Florida Gators. And they were just absolutely manhandled. The line of scrimmage, I think that Florida's offense line really held strong. And then when at that point, it was like 26-7. to 7. Going into the half, Uh, Tennessee was able to make it close, but Joe Millen had some some really question marks. You know, that one where he just threw it up in the air and it was uh, almost a pick six, uh, but Tennessee was able to make a tackle or two. So I definitely think there's some concern uh, for this Tennessee offense. You know, they went through their first couple of weeks, you know, against Virginia. I talk about their struggles against Austin Peay, and I was very concerned with this Tennessee offense uh, going towards a Florida defense. That is way, way better than what they were playing uh, last year. Got to give credit to their defensive coordinator. He's bought all in. I think that with this win, Billy Napier has bought him some time there in Gainesville. Uh, so I think that Tennessee, you know, a lot of people are saying that they were going to be the number two team uh, in the SEC East uh, behind Georgia. Could that definitely happen? Sure. But I think that Florida is definitely making their names for themselves. But uh, Tennessee is now in a rut. So giving the volunteers as my father of the week.
0: You know, I'm going to go with my fall of the week being yours from last week, and that's Alabama. I, I, I just – I don't think Alabama, you know, based off of what we saw, you know, there against South Florida, I mean, that's atrocious. I mean, really, it is. And it, it's it's tough to watch a game like that because, you know, of course it gives a lot of momentum to, to teams you know, outside of South Florida that say, look, this team is beatable. Uh, By far, the problem is that South Florida doesn't have any offense. I mean, that's the issue. I mean, if Alabama was playing anybody else that had a lick of offense, they probably lose that football game. Um, And and, you know, offensively, you you don't start uh, Jalen Milrow. You don't. You start Tyler Buckner, and Tyler Buckner doesn't really do much for you at all. Uh, So you take him out and you put your third string quarterback in. In your third string, um, you know, really doesn't do too much for you. You end up handing the ball off quite a bit, and you know they muster up another touchdown to win seventeen to three. But it looks, it looks really bad. I mean, when Alabama can only score seventeen points, really ten, let's just say ten for the most part uh, against the South Florida team that won one game last year. I mean, let's be real, that's that's really really bad, and for them to be even in the top 15, is astonishing to me uh, based off of what's happened so far. I mean, they have two wins. One of them is against South Florida, and the first one is against an absolute cupcake. I, I just I don't think Alabama is ready uh, for that next stage yet. I think they've missed their market big time. They've lost big recruits, um, and that's, that shows. I mean, Alabama's recruited well, really well. Um, for the last decade. And now it looks like it's catching up with them just a little bit. I don't know if that's a lack of recruiting or they just can't get the talent. And and that might be, you know, with the new stuff with the NIL, it just, it might be a combination of things, really. Um, and I think if they continue down this path, this could be the last season for Nick Saban. Uh, so that's the ultimate faller for me. You know, if that does happen uh, to them, that's why they're my faller this week.
1: Yeah, we're gonna go to the risers now. I'm gonna go with an ACC team. that I don't think that we haven't even talked about uh, in this show, and that's North Carolina. They are just sneakily uh, undefeated. They have some really quality wins too. Uh, they just coming off a dominating performance against a Minnesota team. Uh, that Minnesota, you know, looking at their defense is strong, but their offense is definitely struggling throughout the first couple of weeks of the season. Then week number two, they beat App State. They survived in double overtime. And then number week number one, uh, they beat a South Carolina team that definitely has some question marks. So I think that North Carolina, you know, if they can take care of business today against Pitt, suddenly they're 4-0. And, the, you know, Clemson, if they lose today, they already have two ACC losses. So North Carolina can really be that team to emerge as the number two best team in the ACC along with Duke.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, I was I was thinking about taking an ACC team, really, to be honest with you, I was. Um, but for me, you know, I'm going to go with Oregon, Uh, Oregon has jumped up from 13 to 10 now they're inside the top 10 we mentioned them for a second offensively I think they're the best offensive team in the country outside of USC right now Um, I I see something with Bo Nix there you know he finally found his fit really I mean it took the longest time for Bo Nix to really find where he fit well in a program and I think he got it in Oregon And, and they have no problem scoring the football uh, you know, there are 21 today against Colorado, which is huge um, for Colorado to be ranked 19. I don't know if it's a D value in the sense that Colorado had trouble stopping uh, Colorado State, but I, that that's a lot of points. And if, you know, the betting odds are saying 21, then I got a good feeling that Oregon can win that game. And, you know, if Oregon wins this game, it's a ranked matchup and you see a bunch of teams above them, I mean, if they start to fall, you could see Oregon within the top seven or eight, you know, after this weekend. So I, I think they have a lot of room for improvement. Running game is something that I think they can get a little bit better on, um, only because I think they throw the ball just a little too much for my liking, which I think could get Bo into trouble if he's not careful. Um we have seen a lot of teams do that, especially when you get to the NFL level. Too many guys throw the football. I mean, that's what happened with Dak Prescott with the Cowboys. Threw the ball way too many times. Too many interceptions. Uh, I don't want Oregon to go down that road where Bo Nix is dropping back to throw it constantly throughout the game to pad his yardages up. Because it's going to turn into turnovers, even for the best quarterbacks at college. Uh, Bo Nix, I don't think, is in the Heisman story. Uh, I don't think he will be in the Heisman story. But... I think that they're a good enough football team to stay in the top 10 and moving up three spots is big with a big game today. Um, You know, moving away from our top 25 and, you know, recapping our week last week, getting into our games of the week, uh, really... ...me is that... This game here in the ACC, Florida State, who's four right now, struggled with Boston College, like Tyler mentioned, this past week. Now they got to go to Clemson. Clemson's a tough place to play, even though it feels weird looking at this and seeing Clemson's not a ranked football team. Um, I-, I think that it places a lot of value in the sense that Clemson is a good team at home. Uh, I can't remember the last time they lost a game at home. This is a scary game for Florida State, especially with the scare uh, up there in Massachusetts. I, I, I'm, I'm iffy to take Florida State with the two. Um, I give it to Clemson. I, I honestly think Clemson can win this football game. It's not going to be a high-scoring game. This will kind of be a defensive game for the most part. Um, I think Tyler can agree with me in that sense, that it, it's going to be a ground-and-pound type game here on both sides of the football. Uh, I think 24 to 21 wins this game. I'll take Clemson and the Tigers to win.
1: All right, so a little shake up there in the ACC. Uh, so I definitely agree with that. Uh, I think that it's going to be a game that's going to be decided in the trenches. I think with Clemson, with Will Shipley, uh, that's how they're going to have to run their offense. Uh, so I think that this has got to be the game that Cade Klubnyak takes it to the next level. He's a good quarterback, but he needs to be an elite quarterback for Clemson to win this game. Now, Clemson has definitely dominated this series in the past couple of years and Florida state definitely is playing with a chip on their shoulder. They're not, they've not play well against Boston college. They know that Mike Norvella, uh, I think that they're going to have a great week of practice uh, leading up to this game. Uh, Jordan Travis uh, looked good against Boston college. I think that this is going to be a def- a, one, your best defensive line versus our defensive line. We saw what Florida state did against lsu in week number one clemson can definitely do the same uh, you know that week one game uh, there were just so many turnovers that really just discombobulated this clemson team that can definitely not happen again uh, so with a two-point spread uh, i'm just going to go with florida state i think a couple of weeks ago i would have said this was just going to be a blowout uh, i think that clemson has definitely regained some momentum now i know it's charleston southern it's florida atlantic but still a team needs to win back-to-back games to feel good about themselves you know they got their butts handed to them by a very good Duke team uh, in week number one Uh, so I agree with you I think this is going to be more defensive battle I feel like whoever wins the turnover battle they're going to win the game because whoever gets the more turnovers is going to set up that offense so really looking at the quarterback so it just I got to give it to Jordan Travis I think that this is the game that he puts his stamp on him becoming one of the top Heisman Trophy finalists uh, in the end of the season. So give me the Florida State Seminoles to win this one. I will go 24-21-2 as well. I I agree with you. I just think that the Seminoles really take care of business. Uh, And, you know, this is a tough environment out there in Death Valley. Uh, So I think it's going to be in for a real treat. It's 11 o'clock a.m. game, so both teams are going to have to wake up. But I got to go with the Seminoles uh, to not really pull off the upset uh, but take control of this conference.
0: Yeah, you know, it goes one way or the other, especially with that game uh, in the ACC. It's our only game in the ACC that we'll be talking about. Moving away from there, it's the newest member of the Big 12 with a Big 12 superpower over the last couple of years, it feels like. Uh, In UCF, the Knights are going to face off against Kansas State uh, in Manhattan. I I I think that this game here, it, three and a half is really close. I mean, they're giving UFC. I'm sorry, UCF the benefit of the doubt. Um, I don't know why I saw UFC. Uh, no, I don't watch UFC. Um, no, it's boring to me, and and I think it's a waste of time and money. Uh, UCF. Sorry for the side note, but UCF I think um, is a very run heavy uh, RPO team <laughs> and. As far as K State goes defensively, they can't stop a brick wall. I mean, they couldn't stop an immovable object. I mean that that is that's what it feels like. Um, as far as their offense goes, Will Howard, the ball exclusively goes through him. Um, you know, I, I think that right now it's hard to take UCF on the road, especially at K State. I can't remember the last time K State lost a game at home. It's been a while um i i think that k-state can win this game three and a half is generous i think it is really generous it could be a one or two point game really for the most part um i think points are going to be a big 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 commodity in this one hot commodity for points um i'm gonna go let's go 35 34 i think k-state holds on by one but ucf is they are coming and and for them to be in the Big 12 now they definitely got more recruiting and a higher focus there now they're in a big conference um and, and I think there's more to come from them but I just don't think it's their time
1: yet yeah I think that this is definitely a big game here for the Big 12 picture uh, you know we have Oklahoma and Cincinnati uh, squaring off uh, if Oklahoma wins that they could really take charge and if Texas take care uh, of Baylor then they they could definitely be the top 2 teams but I feel like the winner of this one is still in the race. You know, Kansas State coming off that heartbreaking loss where Harrison Meevis kicked home a 61-yard field goal as Missouri stormed the field and they upset uh Kansas State. That was absolute insane game. It was just a back-and-forth battle. Uh, but I think that, you know, Kansas State, it's all going to rely heavily on stopping John, John Ross Plum. He's one of the dual threat quarterbacks you have to worry about. I think that he's more of a rusher than more of a passer. Uh, So if if Kansas State wants to win this game, I think you just have to limit uh, John Rob Plummy rushing the ball because whenever UCF wins the game, he has over 100 yards rushing. Uh, So I think that UCF, you know, looking at their games this week, they had that really tough road win against Boise State. You know, Kansas State, they're 2-1 and coming off of a loss. So I think that if Kansas State – would have won against Missouri. I probably went with UCF, uh, but since this one is in Manhattan, they're looking for a bounce back victory. I do think that they, there will be some points uh, to score in this one. I think that these are two very high powered offenses. So I'll go 31 to 28. I think that this is a field goal game. I think that UCF is definitely built for the big 12. Uh, so I think that this is going to be really barn burner, underrated matchup to watch this weekend with all the rank versus ranked matchups we have, uh, but I'll give K-State the edge here, uh, especially Manhattan. That's definitely a hostile environment to go into.
0: You know, and now the next game, the game that everybody's eyes will be glued on to, probably for the most part tonight at 630 is Ohio State. The Buckeyes are going to Notre Dame as the three-point favorite to face off against the Irish in South Bend. Um, you know Lou Holtz today on the Pat McAfee show said that, uh, you know Notre Dame is a better team than Ohio State. Now, I haven't agreed with Lou Holtz in the past, but you know what? I will agree with Lou Holtz now. Now, Lou Holtz has a little bit of bias, folks. So uh, I, I, it, it's hard to take somebody with bias, but straight up. Somebody that has zero bias here. Well, I have more bias against Ohio State than for Notre Dame in that sense. But I honestly think Notre Dame is the better all-around team here than Ohio State. Let's go through it. Here's the deal. Notre Dame has the most experience at quarterback here. You have a guy who uh, you know, could be a senior citizen in college football right now at your quarterback. Um, they have a heavy run game, strong running backs, and um, I think offensive line wise, I think they're way better than Ohio state's D line. Um, Ohio state looks like they have holes on defense right now. They've gotten away with it because they haven't played anybody so far this season. They are three and Oh, by default. Um, I- I'm, can't think of on the other side of the ball. I mean, look, you you had a quarterback battle to begin the season, and going to week one, you had no idea who your starter was going to be. You go into week two, you still didn't have any idea who your starter was going to be, and then he went into week three and said, "Okay, Kyle McCord's our starter now." So now we now we figured it out. So now he's now he's our starter, um and he's going to get thrown his feet's going to get thrown on the fire quick, um because South Bend is not an easy place to play um at all by any means and, and Notre Dame does not get beaten South Bend very much that's why I think home field advantage this weekend is so big because I don't think teams on the road giving Ohio State a three-point line in this is I think just pity at this at this point right now because there are six and Notre Dame's a nine um I, I think that they're also valuing in that Notre Dame had a little bit of struggle with NC State but it's hard to gauge that game because of the big delay Ohio State does not feel like a three to me. I think Notre Dame wins the football game. There's too much to factor in playing in South Bend for Ohio State to come in there and say, you know, we're going to win by three. I, I, I don't, I don't see it. I, I, there's, I can't put my head on a pillow at night and think that Ohio State could possibly win this game in Notre Dame. Um, I think Notre Dame can win this game by ten. To be honest with you, I just don't think Ohio State's offense is good enough to score the football a lot. Um, I'm going to say that the final score will be 24 to 14 Notre
1: Dame. Yeah. Big statement uh, for the fighting Irish. And yeah, I agree a few too that, you know, both of these teams haven't really been tested. Ohio state has really played no teams to really watch for, you know, the, the first two games, they put up 35 points uh, against Youngstown. Uh, the first game, 23 to three victory against uh, Indiana and then last week, they really showed that their offense took off. They got uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. involved, and they also had uh, Kyle McCord, who Ryan Day uh, now said is going to be the full-time starting quarterback. Uh, so that's definitely good to know. You don't want to be a team already like week number four, don't even know what your quarterback is. So Ohio State definitely has those answered, you know, questions answered already going into this matchup. Now on the other side, Notre Dame is looking like an elite football team so far now this is where they can definitely make their statement. We already said in our other shows that they have three top 10 matchups. You know, Clemson's not a top 10 matchup, but it was a top 10 matchup in the preseason. So this is their one of three matchups. And like I said earlier, if they go 3-0 and make it to the college football playoff and they're not number one, then the committee needs to be like drug tested or something because they would have the best resume in college football. So, I think that this game is definitely, you know, going to be a battle. You know, Ohio State, with their freshman quarterback, you don't know the inexperience. And on the other side, you mentioned it, Sam Hardman, he has five, six years under his belt, being Wake Forest, the signal caller. I think that Sam Harmon has taken this Notre Dame offense that we haven't seen uh, in quite some time. Estimate is just running people over. It feels like every game you look up, he's got over 100 yards and at least a touchdown. He's been pretty consistent. I think that both of these offenses are going to be the best uh, defenses they have seen all season, specifically Ohio State. You know, Notre Dame facing NC State's defense, NC State was able to really hold them. But after that, Notre Dame uh, put up, you know, Notre Dame's put up 45 points. Uh, They just wake up and they put up 40 points a game. Uh, So if they can do that against this Ohio State defense, uh, that's pretty good on all three levels. Uh, I think that they are going to soar up uh, in the rankings. Uh, but I'm, I am going to agree with you. I am going to go with Notre Dame. I'm not going to go on the side of with them winning by 10 points. But I think that they do uh, score 30 points against this really solid Ohio State defense. I will go 34-28. to 28, Give me the fighting Irish to not really pull off the upset. I just think that Notre Dame, you know, look at last year's game uh, with C.J. Stroud and that offense. They barely won that game. I think that Notre Dame is looking for some revenge, and they're going to get it this weekend against the Buckeyes.
0: Yeah, you know, it's good to see a a big matchup like this this early in the season. I like to see it here. You know, Notre Dame is right now still that independent team, which I'm still upset about, but I'll get past it. Um, I did bash them early on in the season, and now they've turned out to be a decent football team. You know, I'm – pleasantly surprised by by Notre Dame. So uh, hopefully the Fighting Irish can keep it rolling this weekend uh, against Ohio State. Moving to our next game, our next night game here is another big one for the Big Ten. It is number 24 Iowa. They are traveling to Happy Valley to face number seven Penn State who is the 14 and a half point favorite at home. Uh, big game here. I mean, this is the biggest game of the year in Happy Valley because it's the Whiteout game, and the Whiteout game comes with all its uh, glitz and glamour, and, and you know all the crazy uh, hype videos and everything else. And I think this game is a big—you know—they talk about it all year about the measuring stick, and you know, do they measure up to anything? I, I think this is the big point for Penn State right now. Uh, as far as that goes, if they can close out Iowa and win by the 14 and a half margin, I think they answer a lot of questions. And that is can they compete with Ohio State and Michigan? Can they do it this year? Can they finally get over the hump? Now, if they beat Iowa by a considerable amount of points, I think that they are. They, I, I think they're good enough to be the best team in the Big Ten. Um, you know, defensively is my biggest question mark. Uh, I don't think they'll see it. You won't see it today only because Iowa doesn't have any offense. Um, I think Penn State's offense is the big story for this game. So uh, I think that Penn State wins the game. Uh, 14 has a lot of points, but I think that they can cover it. Only because I don't think Iowa is going to get more than a touchdown. That's the problem. Iowa gets a touchdown, and I think that's it. I think that Penn State wins 28-7 in this one.
1: Yeah, that's uh, about right of a Big Ten score. Uh, I'm definitely going to be excited to watch this one. I'm I'm always excited. It's definitely a treat. Even if you watch it on TV, the wideout is one of the best traditions uh, in all of college football. And if you're lucky to go to it, then good for you because that environment is absolutely insane. Uh, I hope they would have saved it uh, for the Michigan game, but they decided that they wanted to do it uh, for the Iowa game. last time that we saw these two teams meet, it was an absolute insane game. This was a top-five battle. Iowa was able to pull off the upset. Uh, but I think that this one is going to be an absolute treat to watch. So, you know, Iowa with their defense uh, and Kate McNamara uh, returning to Happy Valley to face off uh, against Penn State. Uh, so the, the next one that I want to get into is this Penn State offense. You know, they got off to a slow start against Illinois. Uh, Illinois was able to hold them uh, in the first half. But katron Tron Allen, Nick Singleton, that one-two punch, was able to get it going then you saw drew Rowler struggle at times throughout the year i think that in this game penn state and drew Rowler is gonna have to throw some deep shots against this iowa secondary because i don't think that both of these teams are not really going to be able to run the ball effectively i think that nick singleton don't get me wrong he's going to have his fair share Iowa's was down to their third string uh, running back so i think that this is going to be more of the defensive battle on one side but i just have a feeling that penn state is going to make that absolute statement i think that the 14 and a half I wouldn't touch it if I was a better, but I think that with the wideout in this environment, we have seen teams struggle in this wideout environment. I think that Iowa is going to be the next in line. I think that Iowa versus Penn State, it's always a close matchup, but I just have a feeling of me that Penn State gets a statement victory. I will go 31-13 to 13, Nittany Lions, get the statement win over Iowa. in the.
0: Yeah, uh, hey, I think it's a really good pick. I think it's a fun game to watch. Uh, in the in the Big Ten, I think it'll be really two good games that could make the outcome of the Big Ten later on this season. Uh, so getting away from the Big Ten, onto the Pac-12, where we got a lot of action in the Pac-12. Uh, I'm excited to see what's going to happen here in the Pac-12 today. As it's up and down all the way through. We'll go uh, pretty quick through our Pac-12 because we got a lot of them. Uh, Colorado number 19 the Buffaloes come to Eugene Oregon uh, to face number 10 Oregon the Ducks are a 21 a three touchdown favorite at home Uh, big I mentioned this earlier when we were talking about our top 10 Uh, Oregon I think is a high powered offensive team. Colorado has a lot of talk about them. I don't know if – I don't think Oregon's going to win by three touchdowns, but I think they win this game by 10, 14, somewhere in that that range. A lot of points up in this one, I think. Uh, I'm going to go 42 to 31. Uh, A lot of points, I think, Oregon's going to be able to put up on Colorado. I don't think their defense is ready.
1: Yeah, if you like offense, this right here is the game for you to watch at 2.30. Uh, Colorado, we know that they've been. Uh, they are the story of college football. Uh, but th- we were all concerned about them last Saturday night when they ticked on uh, uh, Colorado State. And that was a tricky contest. We thought that they were just going to steam right through them because that game was personal for them. Uh, but this is their toughest test uh, of the season. I think that they have not faced an Oregon defense. They have not faced an Oregon offense uh, like this and Bo Nix I think that this Bo Nick's offense if you look at their schedule I mean they are just putting it to opponents now uh, Oregon has also been tested so I think that that's been the theme of this show is that a lot of these teams haven't really been tested yet uh, so I'm actually gonna go with Oregon to really put it on Colorado I think that Colorado drops back down to earth Uh, With Travis Hunter being out for the first couple of weeks, I think that Xavier Weaver is going to be their wide receiver one. Now the cornerback situation is definitely going to be tough. I just don't think that the line of scrimmage is built uh, to beat a team like Oregon. So I think that Dan Lanning and this offense really pours it on. I'll go 52 to 28. I think that Oregon really puts on them. It's a tough environment in Austin Stadium. So I think that the Ducks cruise to victory against the Buffs
0: jeez that's a big win that you got up there that is a lot of points um 21's a lot and Tyler whew, that, that, that's a lot um it could happen we will see what happens and that's gonna be a great game to pick, kick off really the twack, the the, the Pac 12 <laughs> marathon the the, the, the twag I mean, you know he could go at that why not um moving from that game <laughs> to the next one. Uh, the UCLA Bruins are at 22. They're ranked in the top 25 right now, sneaking their way through, uh, and hanging on there. They're going to Utah to face the Utes who hang in at number 11. They are a six point favorite at home. Uh, pretty low, uh, for them to be at home at a six point favorite. I was thinking it might be like a nine and a half or something like that, but six is kind of low. I mean, for them, to only win by a touchdown in this game. Uh, you know, I I don't know if that's disrespecting Utah or it's crediting UCLA. Um, you know, I haven't been able to watch too much of UCLA, number one, because we're in central time and I don't live on the West Coast and I can't keep my eyes open that long to finish a UCLA <laughs> football game. Um, but, you know, this one, Utah is is still the Utah team from the past. I mean, Cam Rising or not, they're still Utah. Um And that's the biggest thing. Uh, You know, I think Utah wins this game. I don't have any problem with Utah winning this game. Um, I'm I'm just excited to see how they can handle a top 25 team right now. Um, You know, at this stage of the season, this early on, will they impose their will on them or is it going to be a little tough time for them? Uh, I I think Utah will hold on in this game. I think they win by a touchdown. So I think it's closer to the line than – what most people would think uh i'll give utah the nod uh at 35 to 28 and they continue their home winning streak
1: yeah ucla is sneaky uh undefeated team and a top 25 team uh even with all they lost they lost dtr they lost zach sharp and i think that this offense just ship kelly just reloads uh through that recruiting trail uh so i think he's definitely done a good job uh, that defense is looking sharp too uh but you know Utah, we don't know if Cam is going to be there or if he's not. We'll probably know uh, by game time, hopefully. Uh, but I think that this Utah team, they have just been through it all in the Florida game. Uh, they really put it to the Gators in week number two. Uh, they should have lost that game to Baylor. But that offense uh, and that running game was able to get it going, and they were able to come out away with a sneaky good victory against Baylor. Uh, so this is a Utah team that always strives at home. This is a tough environment to go into Salt Lake City, uh, so I do think that this is going to be a close game. I think that people are going to hate me uh, because I'm going to take the push here. I think that Utah wins exactly by six. I'll go 27 to 21. I think that UCLA's offense is pretty good, but Utah is going to play to Utah standards, and that is defensive football and run it up your mouth. So I think that Utah is going to win this game, and Kyle Cunningham and the Utes stay undefeated.
0: Yeah, not, not hard to pick the youths. It, re- it really isn't. Uh, moving from that game to Oregon. or Oregon State, I'm sorry, and Washington State. Uh, Oregon State is number 14 right now in the rankings. They are a three-point favorite on the road going to Wazoo to Washington State, who is number 21 in the country. This is a good matchup. I mean, it really is. Two teams that are pretty similar, uh, I-, I think, when it comes to their scheme. Uh, of how they approach a football game. Um, Oregon State is a pound it all day long team. Uh, and, and I like them. They're physical, they're aggressive. Um, and, and Washington State, on the other hand, you know, is, is a football team that, you know, has one upset every year. They will upset a, a big team. And, you know, they, they knock off Wisconsin last week in, in, in a big game. Now you got another big game, again. I mean, it's hard to think that Washington's going to win two. In a, Washington State's going to win two in a row, but it's hard to not take them. It really is. Um, we've been high on Oregon State all last season. I think this is where they slip up. To be honest with you, I'm going to take Washington State. I think Washington State can win this game. I think that Oregon State can cover. I think Washington state can win this game. I'm going to go 31 30. They hold on for a big one at home.
1: Yeah, this is going to be a really good game. I mean, three very good games into the pack 12. That's going to be the pack two and these are going to be the two teams that are left. So this is like the conference championship that we're going to see when it goes to the pack two. Uh, but no, all jokes aside, I think that this is going to be a really good game If you're a college football fan. You just have nothing to do, Uh, no no games to watch. Uh, There's a lot of good games to watch in week number four, but I think that this is definitely one of them. Uh, Oregon State with DJU, I think that their offense, like you mentioned, they like to run the football. That running back is just absolutely elite. Uh, And Washington State, like you mentioned, they just had a very good victory against Wisconsin. We saw what Wisconsin did last night against Purdue. They just really took it to a Purdue team that now drops to to one and three on the season. Uh, so a lot of question marks over there. But Washington State, you always know that they're going to have at the quarterback play. I think that these are two under-the-radar defenses. I think that both of these teams can definitely can win these games uh, in defensive battle. I think that this is going to be a really close game. The margins in this game is going to be slim. And I agree with you. I think that I'm going to go Washington State pulling off the upset here. I think that, don't get me wrong, I am very – very high on this Oregon state team. Jonathan Smith is a very fantastic coach, uh, but the road trip to Pullman, it's just always tough for for Pac-12 teams uh, to go up to. I think that this is going to be a defensive battle. Not many points are going to be scored uh, in this one, uh, but I'm going to go with a 21 to 17 victory for Washington state. I think give me the Cougars at home.
0: Yeah. A little low scoring one there in the Pac-12 for you. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see how that game goes, like you said, with the future of the Pac-12. Away from this one, let's go to the SEC. Uh, Biggest game in the SEC, probably the only notable game to talk about in the SEC. Uh, Number 15, the Ole Miss Rebels are headed to Tuscaloosa to face off against number 13-ranked Alabama in the Crimson Tide. The Tide are a a six-and-a-half favorite at home, Um, you know, Question marks, question marks, question marks surround this Alabama team um, at 13 right now. Are they good enough to beat Ole Miss um, at home? Alabama, you know, Nick Saban has already lost to a former colleague this season. Can it happen again? Does Lane Kiffin get a big win against Nick Saban? I think if it's any year, it's this year. Um, only because I think Ole Miss, as far as offense goes, they are so far along offensively right now that they have been in previous seasons that they really can give Alabama a run for their money. Um, especially right now. It's it's where the game is on the schedule more than anything, I think. You know, Alabama has struggled. They lose to Texas and then they turn around and they barely sneak away with the two touchdown win over. South Florida, I think this game falls perfectly on Ole Miss's calendar where they say, this team is vulnerable, let's go get them. Um, and as far as Alabama goes, Alabama just has to go – they have to go back to the drawing board. They probably spent all week this week trying to figure out who they are. Identity, identity, identity. I don't think Alabama's ever had to really figure that out for the last 15 years, 20 years, 30 years if Alabama's trying to figure out who they are identity-wise. I think this is, at, they're at the point right now where that's where they have to figure it out. Six and a half is low in a game uh, against Ole Miss. This game used to be 14, 17, 21, 24. You know, now it's six and a half here uh, at home for Alabama. That's almost like it's an even spread, and they're just giving them the benefit of the doubt because they're playing in Tuscaloosa. Um, I think I, I'm i going to go with another upset, dude. I, I, I like Ole Miss. Uh, The way they score the football right now is big. If they can run the football, uh, Junkins is obviously one of the top five, top 10 running backs in all of college football right now. Uh, I think that they can take care of business on the ground. Stuff will open up in the air. Um, Alabama just, I don't think they can score the football. That's my biggest issue. Um, Not too much to celebrate, I think, in Tuscaloosa today uh for this afternoon kickoff. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with the Rebels. I, I like Will Miss. Uh I think it's a let's go twenty eight to seventeen victory uh in Tuscaloosa.
1: Yeah, this is a very important game here uh, in the SEC West. I feel like the winner of this one is gonna take uh some charge and this one depending on what LSU does uh tonight against Arkansas uh, but I think that, like you mentioned, you hit the nail on the head. That Alabama definitely has the question marks, and it's right at the quarterback position. You know, we saw uh, Jalen Milrow get the start in the first two games, and he got benched against Texas. And then Nick Saban just went with a full-on "let's go" quarterback carousel and just see whoever does good. Uh, they went with Tyler Buckner; he was awful in his start. And then when they went with their, the the freshman and Ty Simpson, he looked good at times. So I just don't think that he's the answer right now. So I think that in the end, Nick Saban is going to go with Jalen Milrow. I feel like Milro just gives them the best chance to just move the football down the field because they were not able to do that at Will. against a very bad South Florida team. That was a one-win team last year and only beat them seventeen and three. Was absolutely embarrassing. Uh, so I think that Alabama is definitely has to have some motivation. They need that leader like they had uh, in last year's team against with Will Anderson and Bryce Young. They're missing that piece. Uh, they definitely have the offensive talent. You know, in the wide receiver position. You have it uh, with Jermaine Burn uh, leading the way, and then your running backs. You got Jason McClellan, and then you have a defense that's very formidable too. Uh, you know they they got outset, You know their probably their worst game was against Texas, but Quinn Ewers, you got to tip your cap. You had a very good, solid game. But Ole Miss, uh, they definitely been been a sneaky team in the SEC West. Had a very good win in week number two against Tulane. They beat Georgia Tech uh, pretty handily uh, last week, so they've been taking care of business week in and week out. I think that their offense is definitely going to be challenging for this Alabama defense. I think that Jackson Dart and Lane Kiffin already has a plan of how they want to attack the secondary. Uh, so Dart is definitely going to have to have a better game than he did last year against Alabama. We haven't seen Quinchon Jukins, the running back, get going. I think that if Ole Miss wants to pull off this upset, Jukins and this uh, offense line is going to have to hold up. Uh, but they're just part of me that thinks I'm not going to pick against Nick Saban uh, again. So I'm just going to give Alabama here. I don't know why I'm picking Alabama, especially the way that offense uh, has been looking uh, as of recently. uh, But to see Alabama already have two losses uh, in the month of September would be absolutely bonkers. Uh, So I think that Alabama gets a slight victory. I think that Ole Miss covers, but in the end, uh, the Tide gets uh, the home victory. It's going to be very close. I'll go 28-24, to give it to Alabama.
0: Yeah, really close game, really good game there. Uh, in the SEC, away from that one, let's go to the Group of Five. Best game in the Group of Five. This is an absolute fantastic game in the Group of Five. I love it right now at this part of the season. It's App State traveling to Wyoming. Wyoming has been the talk of the town on this show this season. And through the first four weeks, we have talked about more about Wyoming uh, in the Group of Five than any other school in the Group of Five, it feels like. Uh, Wyoming is the three-point favorite at home. Wyoming plays in what I say is a glorified high school stadium, uh, and there's probably high school stadiums in Texas bigger than their stadium in Wyoming, but they don't need anything bigger than that. I think Jack can probably fact-check us on that over at the Sports Scramble to figure out if their uh, high school football stadiums in Texas are a little bigger than Wyoming's, or you guys can tell us, obviously, in the comments about that one. Um, Yeah, the Cowboys... I, I like them big in this game. It is one of those where App State likes to do their little upset. I don't think they're gonna upset them in Wyoming. Wyoming is like you walk through it feels like you walk through a portal. It's so weird. I don't I don't know what it is, but like it's like you go through a time warp or something like when you go into Wyoming, it's like people don't want to play football anymore. We saw it with Texas Tech. And we said Texas Tech was going to win this game big. And what do they do? They lose in double overtime. I think it's like the most wacky thing of all time to see Wyoming where they are right now. Um, I think the Cowboys win uh, this game. Hmm. Man, that's it's tough. I think that they win it. I don't think there's going to be a ton of points in this one. Let's go 21-17. I think they cover. Um, they cover the three, but 21-17 seems like a good line here. Their defense is, is well-polished, so I've seen some improvements over the last couple weeks, and uh I think that they can stop this App State team.
1: It's a battle of two and ones. Uh, App State almost uh, knocked off uh, North Carolina in double overtime. Uh, they fell just short. Uh, Wyoming, uh, one of their key wins uh, was against the Texas Tech team uh, in week number one. That's when we really – talked about this wyoming hype but i think it's definitely there it's definitely going to be a tough road trip you go all the way to lair from boone north carolina to laramie wyoming uh, so if this was in boone i probably would go with appalachian state but this is just in tough environment it's going to definitely be a tough road trip uh, for appalachian state i think that these are two of the most explosive offenses that you're going to see at the group of five level uh, so I think there's going to be some points. I think that Wyoming, their defense though, is going to step up. They're going to get a key turnover to really put this one to bed. I think that Wyoming, the Cowboys, get a 34 to 27 win, and move to three and zero, and they could definitely be one of those teams. You know, Air Force uh, is going to be four and zero. Wyoming is going to be right up there uh, with three and one. So you know, if you're Air Force and you're looking at this Wyoming team, they beat a really good App State team, I think that, you know, that Air Force and Wyoming could definitely be the top two teams to talk about in that conference.
0: I think so. Yeah, you make a really good point. Air Force with a huge win last night. I I think that they, you know, a statement win, I think, in in that sense. You know, San Jose State was a decent football team that's held people pretty low scoring. They battled with USC. Um, You know, for Air Force to go in and put up, you know, well over 350 yards on the ground – uh, is big. They don't do anything else but run the football. So I, I think it's one of those where, you know, you and I talked a little bit about. It seems like our service academies can't throw the football for some strange reason, Um but when they do, they're effective. It's weird. Like they're like, well, we don't want to do. We don't want to show our hand too much, but you know, we'll, we'll throw it maybe once or twice in a game. You know, kind of thing. Like they're averaging. I think it was like three, three passing plays a game this season where three four and five years ago they're averaging 14 or 15 a game uh, i remember when we considered air force an air raid offense and now it's like it's completely gone uh so things have changed a lot there but i like your point there i think i think air force and wyoming uh definitely are two teams to watch out for in that conference i think they can run away with that conference i just don't see anybody else that's going to give them any sort of battle in that sense if both of these teams are undefeated, well. One is if, if Wyoming takes care of business, I think that both of them undefeated, they will meet each other in the conference championship. Uh, moving away from our games of the week, games of the week, great games this week. And, of course, it, it brings to our best bets of week four. We get some great, great, great games here. Um you know, and, and a lot of good ones to bet on, some to stay away from. We won't talk about the ones that you need to stay away from. We, we, we trust you guys enough to stay away from the games that you know are a giant red flag. Um, but Tyler, what is your best bet of the weekend?
1: You know what? I'm going to go to the game of the weekend. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. it's going to be bold, but give me Notre Dame to win outright, take the money line. There's just something about the luck of the Irish just starting to turn around. I think that Sam Harmon in this offense. This is just a team that is ready to make a statement and put themselves right back into the map of being elite this season. So I think that Notre Dame gets a big win over Ohio State. So if you're confident like I am, take the fighting Irish money line today.
0: Yeah, that's a a really good bet. I'm going to give you a money line as well. I touched on their game uh, in the Pac-12 a little bit ago, and that's Oregon State and Washington State. Washington State, I I, I say the bets here, Washington State money line in this one at home. Uh, Kind of a spicy pick, but it's only a three-point line. So I I think that uh, Washington State money line is is a really good pick uh, in that one. Tough to beat them at home. as we've seen in the past, Washington, Oregon State's going to have their hands full uh, with DJU. They're a quarterback. Um, any bonus bets, Tyler? You got any bonus bets for for our folks here just to slide in there, you know, this, this weekend?
1: Sure. I, I'll go with another money line. I mean, if we're just rolling with the money lines, let's just throw them out. I'm going to go James Madison money line. This is a low line. This is four and a half. If you feel confident, honestly, go JMU. But I just feel like JMU is just a better overall team. They're on the road against Utah State. Utah State is one and two to start the year. James Madison, they just got a very good victory against Troy. I feel like, you know, we talked about that one. That I feel like a Sunbelt Championship type of vibes. James Madison uh, got the victory defensive battle. I feel like James Madison is going to put it on Utah State. Air Force, the team that we were just talking about, put up 39. I think that James Madison's offense is... Can definitely explode too so give me the dukes money line as well
0: yeah you know for me i i think that the the most interesting one you touched on it for half a second early early on in the show uh and that's texas and baylor texas and baylor at waco uh an interesting place to play texas has had trouble there in the past against baylor texas is the 14 on the road um I think the bet here is to take Baylor to cover the 14. Uh, I think Baylor can keep it close within two touchdowns. Uh, a lot of history between these two teams. Uh, I think Dave Aran is going to have that team ready uh, defensively to stop Texas. They've probably watched that film against Alabama a lot this week. So I think they'll have them ready today to stop that Texas offense. Um, so I think, Think it's a good bet to, to take uh, take Baylor here to cover that fourteen that two touchdown spread uh, for this today's game later on. Uh, that's really it, folks. Uh, you know, a great show, uh, a great slate of games today. Go watch some football today, enjoy it. Uh, I'll be heading the Baton Rouge uh, to go watch LSU and Arkansas face off today. Uh, it'll be a good one. Tonight, six o'clock, so I'll be ready for that one. I sucks. I'm missing the whiteout tonight, but I'll find some way to watch it. Uh, I'll watch it on my phone or whatever. I always get crappy service in in Tiger Stadium, but I'll figure it out. Uh, And, you know, they always got the scores rolling across the top, so I'll keep myself busy with that, sweating it out Uh, tonight. So I I think it's great to, to have these ranked matchups so early on in the season. These were obviously scheduled like this for the most part for teams to be playing ranked early on. We like it. We want to see more of it. It's good to see it. And we'll I'm sure we'll see a lot more of it here after the expansion your next season. So we are looking forward to a great slate of games today. And next week we continue on more conference games coming your way next week and a lot more coming with our bets and some changes in the top 25 for sure. After today. So we will have a lot to talk about next week when we see you guys for week five. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you guys then.